tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, everybody. My name is Tim Daniel, and we are back. Welcome to the Revival of late night reds talk live now part of the riverfront i am so excited to have the show back i have missed it so much i had to get one of our really good friends to be our guest today uh to have a really fun conversation you can see him here with them you can check him out at resminerleague.com mr doug gray doug how are you my man i'm i'm good i'm glad to be uh back on the show and you know, I guess you're back on a, a new platform network, whatever we want to call it. It's yeah. it's good to have it's good to have you back, Tim. I'm so happy to be back. I you know, like I said in my video, um, I just couldn't let this go to waste. I, I was like missing it so much. I was like, I can't go to the season not doing Reds content. Uh so Chad and Nate reached out to me and they said, What do you think about taking this to the riverfront? And I was like, Hell yeah, let's do it. So <laughs> Uh, we're excited. So we're going to be here every Sunday at 9 p.m. My goal is to have a guest regularly every week. Um, so I'm going to be working on that. We have booked someone for next week as well. So uh, before we get started, we have some good conversations with Doug and get his thoughts on spring training so far. I'm uh, going to have to go real quick and go ahead and go through. Uh, first off, make sure you're following Riverfront Cincy everywhere on all socials. Uh, they're, you know, Chad, Nick, uh, Nate and the guys, they're all taking care of things. They have the Bengals show. They have their regular show and us live here Sunday nights. Also. If you're not already, go become a member of the Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy. Come become a part of the family. And also join Doug's Patreon at redsminerleague.com so you can get some really good content there. I can't keep you from getting a payday. So <laughs> I had to make sure I uh, got that in. But all right, guys. So before we get into some conversations, I want to make sure I get this. So I mentioned earlier in the week, for those who are tuning in for our first episode, I have this here Chase Petty Bowman Inception autograph card. It is at a 99 and how you get this card, how you enter the contest, is a little Reds trivia ski. I'll give the answer at the end of the episode. Whoever can give me the most correct answers at the end of the show will be the winner. So, Doug, you might know this. I don't know. So, Joey Votto is one of 12 athletes to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a member of the Cincinnati Reds. Who are the other 11? I mean, I I don't know all 11. I'll be honest about that one. That's okay. It's... um. <laughs> I didn't know all 11 until um, there's one until I was you like, looked it up. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was texting Chad about it. I was like, what can I do? It's like a fun like thing to kind of keep people like involved in the show. And I was like, what if I do this and I'll do a contest thing? And he was like, yeah, give it a shot. We'll see what happens. So, uh, yeah. So if you can give us the other 11 in the chat, 
Uh, by the end of the show, I will unveil the answers. Uh, we, the first one to get that to us, we will go ahead and send you out this Chase Petty auto card. And we're going to get Doug's thoughts on Chase Petty later as well. So I'm excited about that. Um, let's go ahead, Doug. Let's talk a little about the week that was with this team. Uh, so spring training has been, you know, mixed mix emotion, you know, like all spring trainings. Uh, Monday, they get the win. Alan Serta and CES Homer. Uh, Tuesday, TJ Friedel hits a home run with goes two for three. Wednesday, we see Austin Hendricks show his big league power. Uh, Thursday, Hunter Green throws four shutout innings. It is near the opening day starter. Have a little split squad action Friday where they split games, but we see Ellie De La Cruz flashes speed. Yesterday, they lose to the Rangers. Jake Fraley hits a home run. And today, a big loss at 8-1 to one, uh, to the Dodgers. But Joey Votto has his first two at-bats of spring. Grand Ashcraft does pitch. Looks pretty good, then leaves early. Uh, looking at the week that was, what are some of the impressions you take away from what we saw in the field? I, mean, I think the biggest thing is, is what happened today. Um, Joey Votto got back on the field. I, I think that that, that storyline kind of works two different ways. I think that one, you know, is Joey going to be ready for opening day? But two, I think that also plays into whether Christian Encarnacion Strand has a chance and an opportunity to make the team. You know, one of the one of the things is if, if Joey Votto wasn't ready, who was going to play first base? Um, Christian Encarnacion Strand has been killing the ball all year or all spring. I mean, granted, it's what, you know, 15, 16 games or something like that. But I think that that really would have opened up an opportunity for him. And it's still possible. You know, Joey had mentioned yesterday that, you know, he wasn't sure if he would be ready for opening day or not. And it's it's not really something that, you know, if he's back now willing to play in games, if he is going to be out to begin the season, it's not going to be for very long um, unless he has some sort of setback. That, I mean, at this point would be unforeseen. Um, but, yeah, I think also, you know, it's it's one of those situations where, you know, this could be Joey Votto's last year as a, as a Red. Um, and, I, you know, we haven't really talked too much about that, um, you know, from a, a, a fan standpoint. You know, what, what happens if, you know, it's August and the Reds haven't made a decision or a public determination of, hey, are we going to bring Joey Votto back? I, I think that that's, that, that's, a, that's an interesting storyline that, you know, I'm – looking forward to this year as far as following Joey, just in case it is his last year as a red. But yeah, I, I, that, that was my biggest takeaway this week is that Joey's back, Joey's back on the field. Um, but you know, the, the underling the underlining stories is, you know, the young guys, they're, they're still impressing out there. Yeah. They've been so much fun. Um, you know, we Christian and Cardassian strand has obviously kind of been the highlight of spring. Uh, the Reds tweeted yesterday, some of his stats and he was like, just, unbelievable leading uh, the world in every single stat yeah it's it's pretty awesome um let's see here clay christian is there a chance Votto doesn't play the way he thinks he's capable and quits mid-season i doubt that clay because he's the most motivated human being i think i've ever seen i can't see him pulling like a king Griffey jr and just being like i just don't have it yeah i don't think so either he had mentioned before the season started you know somebody had asked him i think it was chris rose but i don't i don't want to be I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was. And you know, he asked me, you know, if, if you're not, if you don't feel right, like, would you retire? And he's, he basically said, you know, you're asking me to leave a lot of money on the table. Yeah. I mean, even if it's even if it's mid-season, you're asking Joey Votto to leave half of his salary this year plus a $7 million buyout next year. I mean, that's $25, 30000000 million for him to leave it on the table. I mean, I, I think that I'd have to be playing really, really, really bad to yeah. walk away from that. And, I mean, I just... Yeah, I don't think he I don't think he'd do that. 
Yeah, because I think what had happened with Griffey in 2010, I think he was like on the vet minimum in Seattle at that point. You know, like he was basically just like going with the motions at that point was like, yeah, I just I'm ready to go home. And like, I think it's just got a different scenario there. Um, but yeah, plus, you know, plus we're still paying him for the next decade and a half. So, yeah, there you go. He's fine. He's fine. No, he's not hurting whatsoever. Um, yeah, you mentioned, obviously, so Christian Acosta and Strand has been putting this outstanding spring together. Um the young guys who are just so impressive and just been so fun. Ellie De La Cruz, obviously, you know, anytime he's on the field, it's electric hitting a triple off a roll. This Chapman, you know, off, like that was pretty awesome. Uh, that was pretty cool to see. And then, you know, had a triple again the other day, flashing his speed and his abilities. Uh, but other guys obviously standing out. So Will Benson is obviously a guy who's making his names around the Reds fandom. He's, you know, playing center field. Most days he's stealing bases. He was a really late move in spring, really a, a good move for the Reds in spring. Um, I shouldn't say spring, like right before the off, or right before spring in the off season. And he's a guy that I don't know if I'm at the point where I say like Will Benson, major league center fielder every day, but do you feel like I do? And if you disagree, I'm totally cool with that, that he's at least earned the re- right to be in the conversation for that role. I mean, I think so. Uh, I mean, what's his competition right now? Uh, Nick Senzel, who hasn't played a game yet this spring. I mean, I, I, you know, they just, they just optioned Michael Ciani back to AAA. I don't really think that Ciani was really in the conversation unless some injuries went, went down. Um, you know, Stuart Fairchild can play center, but I don't think the Reds have ever really viewed him as a center field option unless they had to, they, they, they needed somebody to put out there. Um, you know, I, I think that with the combination of Senzel's performance the past couple of years and not playing in games yet, not really knowing what he can do coming off of toe surgery, give it. And then, you know, what Will Benson did last year in AAA where he drastically cut his strikeout rate down and performed much better than he ever has in the past. And then of course, what he's done this spring. I I mean, I really think that you have to give him a serious look, Um, you know, as you know, maybe move him around a little bit when Senzel's healthy and kind of see what happens there. But um, I mean, if, if I were making the call right based on what we know right now, I think that he's got to be your opening day center fielder. I agree. I really do. And look, I, I think TJ Friedel's had a really good spring. I think he's been really good and he's probably enough. He's probably the other guy in that conversation, right? Like at this point. Um, and you know, he's probably, his ceiling is probably what fourth outfielder in this circumstance. And that's not a dig on him. Like that's, you know, Chris Heise was a damn good fourth outfielder for this franchise for a long time, but you know, I think at this point, Will Spencer's on the right. He's electric. He's stealing bases. And I know a lot of that is, the, you know, the new rules as far as the new bigger bags is jumping in. But, you know, I think a lot of the issues that people are having, and you would know this better than I would, is there's concerns about his ability to consistently play center field. Um, but, you know, this is great American ballpark that he's going to be playing in. And this is a place where we saw Shinsu Chu play center field for a long time, who probably hadn't played that since like the double A season that he had in the Seattle, in the Seattle system. And, you know, with his speed and his ability to track balls down, I don't think it's much of a concern. Now, when they play in San Francisco on the road, maybe, you know, you think about other options there. But I uh, I think, you know, he's shown his athletic ability to track balls down. He had some really nice diving catches so far. I think he's just been a blast to watch. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, I think that, you know, he makes a really interesting conversation for sure. Um, I'm trying to think who else I want to ask you about. So... We're going to get into some of the transactions a little later here, but you know, it was mentioned on Thursday uh, after they played after Hunter Green's start, uh, they did declare him the opening day starter. So 
he's had a mixed bag of results. And, you know, I get it. It's spring training. It's a lot of like taking risks to kind of get in grooves. And he looked really, really good in that game against the Cubs. He had four innings, like I said. He no no earned runs, had three Ks. Um, the game before against Texas was a little different. He's kind of throwing a lot of fastballs high and in to guys who strictly hit fastballs <laughs> high and in. Um, but between him and Lodolo, I think really you don't have an issue with one or two by any means. But what was your kind of, are you kind of surprised they made that decision? Do you kind of feel like, you know, would you have leaned towards Lodolo in that circumstance? How did you feel about that, about that conversation? I personally, one, one or two, it doesn't really matter. I'd have been very Same. comfortable with either one of those guys. Um, you know, I, I can understand why you went with Hunter Green over Nick Lodolo. You know, with the way that Hunter Green closed down the year last year in the last month, I mean, he was basically unhittable. I think he had like, eight walks and 51 strikeouts and 35 innings and gave up like three runs. I mean, he was just absolutely dominant down the stretch. And that's not to say that Nicodolo wasn't good last year at all. Um, he was very good. If you look at the overall season, he was better than Hunter Green was. Um, but, you know, with the way that Green closed things down last year, and I mean, I <laughs> I know our old buddy Carlos is going to yell at me over this one because he mentioned it on Twitter when I was kind of making a joke about it. But, you know, if you put Lodolo between Hunter Green and Graham Ashcraft, it's a little bit of a different look. Um, yeah. If you're if you're going to if you're going to face all three of those guys in the same series, which that that may not happen every series. Um, but, you know, putting a lefty in between two guys that throw 100 miles an hour from the right side, it is a little bit of a different look. Now, how much of a difference that actually makes? Who knows? I mean, well, some people know I don't I never faced off against major league pitchers and it wouldn't matter which one I was facing anyways, because I'm not going to do anything but stand there and hope I don't get hit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't really make a difference, in my opinion. They're both very good. So, yeah, it feels like it's like the upside of the two. It's so fun. Right. Because, you know, it's something where you haven't had that in the city in a long ever. Maybe not even a long time. Is ever the right answer there? I don't think I don't think ever is the right word here now. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I'm having, I'm struggling. Maybe Cueto and. I mean, you know, Cueto and Latos were really, really they good. They were really good. You're right. Yeah. Um, you know, Cueto and Homer Bailey for those, for that year and a half, two year stretch where Homer Bailey was really oh, good. Touche. Um, you know, Jose Rijo and I don't even care who else was on in the rotation. Tom Browning, from 88 yeah. to 90. Like, yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. And it wasn't, that's, that's just my lifetime that I can remember off the top of my head. I know the Reds had a few other good pitching staffs at some point in the previous hundred years, but yeah, you're right. Uh, so maybe I ever wasn't the right word there. So I appreciate the concept there. And then probably the last thing before we move on, cause I do want to kind of get your thoughts on the new, uh, see Trent's article. He had on the athletic the other day uh, is, you know, Jake Fraley. I think Jake Fraley is a guy who, you know, obviously came in last year was really good when he came back from injury as kind of picking up where he left off this, this spring so far. Um, you know, what is kind of your thoughts on him moving forward? Because I feel like, you know, he kind of has that like really good favorable situation against righties. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, do you, what do you kind of see as kind of his role with this team moving into the season? I mean, I, I think he's a platoon hitter. I, I don't think you put him out there against lefties unless you have to. Sure. Um, I mean, I he absolutely crushes right-handed pitching, or at least he has for the last year and a half. I, I think that that's pretty much his role. You know, put him in left field against right-handed pitchers and let him rake. And if they bring in a lefty out of the bullpen, hey, you know, thanks for helping us out the first five innings. We're going to go in another – we're going to, you know, send somebody in off the bench. And, you know, that that that's a good role for him. And, you know, in today's game, being a platoon player from the left side, that's that's not a bad thing. 
Not at all. That, that, that used to be something, you know, teams didn't really do too much with, with the platooning thing, but the game's, the game's different now. You know, pitchers, starting pitchers go five innings. If they're really good, they'll go six innings. And then you're facing three or four different relievers out of the bullpen that they, they bring all kinds of different looks. And uh, it's, it's just a different game. And being, you know, pinch hit for later in the game isn't the insult that it used to be necessarily. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I I think, you know, like you said, uh, I don't want to compare him to Jesse Winker because that's kind of what Winker kind of should it could have been because Winker was an all-star, obviously. But it has kind of that vibe that he had here. Um, maybe not so much the vibes he had in Seattle uh, from everything that's come out since then. But uh, someone I'm really excited about is Jake Fairley for sure. So kind of talking about different things here. So I want to kind of get your thoughts on this conversation. Uh, so C. Chant Rosecrans, athlete, part of the athletic, friend of the program, friend of the Riverfront, uh, put out his opening day roster predictions. This is, of course, on Thursday. So this is before Joey Votto made his return uh, for spring training. And kind of want to go through here real quick. So the catchers, we already know. Tyler Stevenson with the, the game plan they have for him between catching first base and DH. Uh, Kirk Casale and Luke Maley, uh, they plan on them making the team. Uh, on the infield, you got India, Barrero, Spencer Steer, who looks like he's going to be the starting third baseman. Kevin Newman and Chad Pinder and the outfield. We've got Will Myers, Jake Fraley, TJ Friedel, Henry Ramos, and Will Brad Spenson. Uh, look, you know, Will Myers, Myers also having the ability to play first base. Uh, the rotation looks like Hunter Green, Lodolo, Ashcraft, Luis Sessa, and Luke Weaver. And then, which was some couple guys competing there. And then of course the relievers, Alexis Diaz, Lucas Sims, Reaver San Martin, Buck Farmer, Ian Jabot, Fernando Cruz, Casey Legamina, and Hunter Strickland. When it comes to this, do you have anything you kind of, you know, or do you have a thought even on like maybe guys you are agree with or disagree with guys you you think you would pencil in over others? I mean, in the outfield, Henry Ramos is, is a big question mark. Um, you know, he's out playing in the World Baseball Classic right now, so he's not even with the team. Um, just kind of, you know, he's going to be the, the final outfielder in that scenario that Trent laid out. So, you know. Not a not a big issue there for me, but I'm I think that you know his spot is up for debate. Um, you know the relievers, the last couple of guys, who knows? I mean, Casey Lumina got lit up today. Uh, I think I think his ERA is like eleven eight six right now. Whereas when Trent posted this, I'm not sure he had given up an earned run yet. Um, yeah. You know th- things can change pretty quickly. I mean we're still in. I mean it's not even quite mid March yet. Um, and you know. I, I trust Derek Johnson to make these decisions a lot more than me looking at stats and watching one out of every five games on TV. Um, Hunter Strickland, I, I don't know, man. Like he, he struggled this spring too. And I mean, I think that was, you know, after the first month last year, he was, he was a solid lever for the Reds, but he wasn't really standing, standing out. And that he struggled this spring kind of makes me just, but again, I don't, I, what are the other options? I just, I just don't know. Um, because the Reds kind of just threw, they, they didn't go out and do too much in free agency, and they were kind of relying on guys coming back that were injured last year, uh, which I can sort of understand. I wish they would have done more. As a fan, I think that it would have been nice to see some sort of commitment to more than hoping and praying that things go right for you and actually planning to improve and hope that the other things you were hoping for work, and then you've got to You've got a problem on your hands where you've got too many good players rather than, you know, seven guys you're hoping to, you know, return to something they used to be. And I don't know. And then, you know, just the rotation, you know, after those, those top three guys, I mean, I don't, at this point, I don't even care who they put in there. It's a question mark for me. So yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I know Chase Anderson obviously struggled quite a bit in his last start. Uh, was that yesterday? Yeah. Um, yeah, yesterday. And so that was kind of a shocking thing there. But uh, hey, well, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're getting all this. All of a sudden, out of the blue, all of our our combats came popped in. So uh, that was pretty, pretty random. Sorry about that. Technology's <laughs> fun, right? Isn't it, man? Isn't it? Oh, man, we have a lot to catch up on. Um, here's one that kind of, what are your thoughts on this? Souza over Strickland, another left-handed option in the pen. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, Souza is, I mean, he he's the last guy that's going to be in your bullpen if if he would make the team. Um, again, it's it's one of those situations where none of the options are good. I, I don't I don't have trust or faith in any of those those last guys in the rotation or bullpen situation. But you know, one of the things is is like, you know, let's Luis Sessa was projected to be in the rotation. If yeah. for whatever reason he doesn't make the rotation, whether it's you know he's not ready to start right away or they go another direction, that cuts off a spot in the bullpen that would have been available to somebody else. Because they're they're gonna have Luis Sessa on the team if he's healthy. So yeah. Well, thank you, Branch. I appreciate it. Um we do have an answer, just so you know. We do have the correct answer in the chat. I will unveil that later on, who the winner of that. But, uh, Doug, there was some transactions made the past couple of days, and there's one I really, really want to get your thoughts on because I didn't see it till right before we went live. Uh, our good friend Carlos put this in the Riverfront Slack. Things you can get if you're part of the Patreon, the Riverfront hey. Slack chat. It's really, really <laughs> cool, actually. I'm having fun in there. Um, but... So the roster moves. So Leon Richardson, Chucky Robinson, Nick Solak, Jared Solomon, Levi Stout, or this was as of yesterday, uh, were, were reassigned to minor league camp. And then today we had some roster moves where Noel V. Marte was reassigned to double A Chattanooga. And you mentioned earlier, Michael Ciani to triple A Louisville. So that puts 54 guys remaining in camp. So Noel V. Marte is an interesting one. Not that I thought he was going to make the team by any means, because we knew where he was. And we're going to talk about your prospect rankings here in a little bit, but the quote comes out today from David Bell, and let me it's where he kind of mentions, and I'm paraphrasing that, yeah, he can play shortstop, but third base is the spot for him. And so kind of curious your thoughts on that, because obviously this team is going into this season with Spencer Steer, basically going to be more than likely exhausting his rookie eligibility playing third base and being the, being the starting third baseman. Um, and we've talked about this. This has been the topic of all these guys they acquired in these trades last year. Of like, where do you play all these guys? So what are your, kind of your thoughts on that conversation as far as Marte uh, being a potential third baseman? Uh, you know, he had never played third base before um, until last year when they sent him to the Arizona Fall League. And at the time I was told, you know, hey, we just want to get him experience there, see how it goes, because there may not be an opportunity for him to play shortstop. Because, I mean, as we all can see, the Reds have a lot of different options at shortstop. Some of them that are ahead of him, like Jose Barrero, Ellie De La Cruz, uh, Matt McClain, possibly, um, you know, they went out and they got Kevin Newman. I don't think that the Reds would like Kevin Newman block Noeli Marte at shortstop unless he yeah. just turned into a completely different player than we've ever seen him be before. But, you know, there, there's a lot of options at shortstop. And so, you know, they wanted to get a look, get him experience there. And, you know, he got his feet wet and it was, you know, I think it was like 14 or 15 games, not a ton, but, uh, you know, they've been playing him there again this spring. And, you know, a lot of people felt that, you know, he may wind up there in the long run anyways. He, he's not he's not a small guy. He's not, you know, too big to play shortstop. But he's he, he doesn't quite look like your typical 1990s shortstop either. Um, I know that we've gotten 
quite a few larger shortstops since then, but yeah, you know, he's got he's got a cannon for an arm, and so you know, it, it's not an, it's not a move that would really be out of the realm of possibility any way you wanted to look at it. Um, and so you know, why not? Well, see what happens, especially because he does have all that experience at shortstop. He can move back there if the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, it's the opposite of Suarez, right? Where it's like he played shortstop out of necessity and it didn't go well. This is a situation where it's like if we need him to, we can put him there, and it's a plus for your team um, because you know, like, like you mentioned, all those guys, Led La Cruz, who is like pretty adamant, like, dude, I'm a shortstop. Like, I know there's a lot of conversations about maybe center field, maybe this. He's like, no, I am with the game plan of I'm going to be a shortstop in the major leagues, and like, I'm with it. I love it. Um, we talked on the show last year, and I'm, you know, maybe get your thoughts on this, but. Obviously, defensive metrics do not favor Jonathan India at second base as far as his ability to be a really consistent, good defensive player there. Is he a guy you maybe look at in the future as potentially a, a strictly a DH or an outfielder? Well, maybe not strictly a DH now, but um, or part of the future of this team with all these guys that are drafted to play middle infield. Well, I'll start off by saying this. I don't really put too much emphasis on infield defensive stats. I think there's way too much that goes on that you, I mean, you just can't really I don't know. I outfield defensive stats. I've got way more faith in than infield defensive stats. Um, okay. Now, part two of that is Jonathan India wasn't healthy last year, for the most part, especially in yeah. the second half. He had a leg injury. That's going to slow you down. We saw that his sprint speed, or well, I saw that his sprint speed like really dropped off after the leg injury at the uh, the Field of Dreams game, and so you know that's going to affect the defensive metrics. What does he look like when he's fully healthy? Because, yeah. you know, that that's a very different Jonathan India, both in the field and at the plate. Um, I, I think that if you get rookie Jonathan India at the plate, you can give up a little bit of defensive value. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think that at least right now, the Reds probably have zero plans of moving Jonathan India off of second base or considering any plans of him not being on the team. Um, but, you know, it, it's, a, it's a situation where, you know, they, they do have options if that – presents itself i just don't think that they're going to really consider many of those options anytime soon just because you know i, I think that they're planning around jonathan India being around for quite a while and i think that they probably look back at last year as a hey you know he was playing through injury a lot and you know that probably did affect some of the outcomes so let's let's see what happens i a thousand percent agree with you because i know a lot of people were very disappointed and look you know, I think coming off the hype of off of being rookie of the year is like, I get it. I get the disappointment, but like you said, just the injury. And I know he's not hitting great, you know, in the spring training, but I'm not worried about that. I don't think you're worried about that necessarily either from conversations I've had with you. Um, I think that he looks like he's fast again and that's fun to watch. He looks like he's running the bases well when he's on the base. So, you know, Tyler Stevens is not hitting well either, but I'm not worried about him. I feel like those two are kind of the guys we're game planning you know, the franchise around. And I think that's why they put this plan for Tyler Stevenson together. Um, you know, that was a conversation way too many times we had last year of, is he better than this, this or this? And it's like, he's better in the lineup and we're just yeah. going to go with that. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's, it's a really dynamic situation there. And I, I think like you said earlier, you know, we want this team to get to a situation where they have too many good players instead of like hoping for these players. And this is like what they're trying to build. Uh, you can say what you will about, you know, what they have and haven't done as far as acquisitions. I think, you know, I think they did a really good job with the trades they got last year. I think trying to build that farm system up, 
I mean, obviously your job gets a lot better, a lot more fun when you're like looking up these really exciting prospects on a day-to-day basis and watching them play. So I think they did a good job of that, which is a great segue, Doug. Are you ready to talk about your prospect list? I I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope you do not surprise me somehow, some way. Well, I took it straight from your site. So um, <laughs> if you do sue me, uh, my lawyer is Chad Dotson. Um, I know Chad, that guy. Chad Dotson. Um, here's actually a really good point. I do I do agree with this. I think uh, the role changes will be really good for India. I think they'll be good for Vado too because he like had tons of balls hit right at people last year with switches. So I can't wait for that. Um, I actually do. I forgot to put a slide on there. If you want to hang out for a little bit after we go through this. I want to get your thoughts on WBC too, if you're okay. cool with that. Um, I got plenty of time. Perfect. So Doug Gray on RedsMinorLeagues.com put together his top 25 prospect list. I believe, how recent is this, Doug? Is this last week that you updated this? (sighs) No, I I think it's been since the first week of November. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I, I do it right after after the season. The, The major league season is over, so I've got full information on anybody who was called up, um, you know, during the year and, and all that fun stuff. Okay, cool. Um, so one name, obviously, that we've already talked about is Christian Carnacion Strand, who has been unbelievable in spring training. Um, a lot of people kind of looking at him as potentially the first baseman of the future for this team, just to kind of, you know, for the when that day comes. Um, but my big thing that I really wanted to look at is if you look generally at pipeline if you look at you know just baseball arm late in front of the program clay stood in front of the program um when they have their list they have two and three sw- actually yeah they have two and three rotated from what you have actually they have cape collier even lower than you have you put cam collier as your number two prospect in the reds top 25 now he is obviously very impressive there's a reason people were so excited the reds got him so late in the draft in that last year um as I mean, power through the moon. I saw him at Reds Fest this year and he is stacked. He is built. Um, for you, with ever with Noel V. Marte getting this attention, even Edwin Arroyo getting this attention, and Spencer Steer being the everyday third baseman as the game plan right now, what was it about Cam Collier that jumped out to you to put him at two overall in this franchise? So I, I think that for me, it was just the combination of his youth plus how advanced his hitting is. I mean, you just don't see guys his age do what he did you know he graduated high school basically as a sophomore and enrolled in the premier junior college in all of the country and went and just crushed the ball as what would have been his junior year of high school but he did it against college guys and it you know it, it wasn't the sec but chipola is it's probably the best junior college in the country for baseball and i mean he stood out among you know guys much older than him and I just, I just think the guy can hit. And when you can hit, everything else gets a little bit easier. I think that the power is going to come along. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't really start hitting for real power until his, you know, mid twenties. But I think it's going to come. And I, I just think he's a guy who can move really quick because of the bat. I think he's more athletic and better defensively than much of the national media does. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm a believer. That's that's as simple as it is. I believe the guy's going to hit hit a lot, and he's going to get to the big leagues quick. I agree, man. Uh, so Reds Fest this year, I watched a thing that he did with uh, it was with Ellie Hunter Green and um, John Sadak, where they kind of were up on the stage and they were having a conversation, and they're like, "Well, who's your who do you who'd you model your game after?" And it was so weird as a third baseman. He said, 
Ken Griffey Jr. Because if you put them <laughs> side by side, there's no similarities at all. But he's like, yeah, I've trained with him and he's like healthy with my swing is kind of like, paraphrasing, of course. And it's like, oh, well, that doesn't hurt to have one of the greatest baseball players ever teach you with your swing. And so I like him because he gets it. Like, it feels like he understands the game so well. Like you said, he's really young. He's hitting really well in co against college players. And I, I'm fascinated with his abilities, you know, just to see what he can do. And he's a lot of fun to cover. So I, I really like that list. That's why I was really curious what you put that in. You're, eight, you're, you're absolutely right at the age there. Um, some of the other names I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I mentioned, so our contest today, Chase Petty, obviously the acquisition of the Sunday Gray trade last year, um, is a guy who had really, really impressive numbers last year. But for you, what are you looking for for Petty to kind of make that step forward? Do you kind of see him? I'm trying to remember. Forgive me. You'll know this better than I will, obviously. Was did he end the year last year in Double A in Chattanooga, or is he going to be in Chattanooga this year? I, he'll be in Dayton this year. Um, he, okay. he ended the year in Dayton. He made a couple of starts. Um, you know, I I like his changeup more than many people do. Um, he he doesn't use it quite as much as his slider and his fastball. Uh, the thing that I want to see from him more this year is just I just want to see him be a little bit more consistent within the strike zone. You know, and, that, and that's very nitpicky because you know, he he threw a lot of strikes last year. Um, but it, that that's just kind of the, the next step that I want to see him take um, and, and maybe mix in the changeup just a little bit more than he did last year. Because, again, like I said, I, I like that pitch. I think that that can be, you know, at, at the very worst, an average pitch in the big leagues if he sticks with it. And, you know, that'll that'll give him two above average to plus pitches with the fastball and the, and the slider to go with, you know, a third average or better pitch. I mean, that, that's a very good base to start with. I agree. Um, and so that I was, that's what I was, I, I'm really excited about his upside. And I think obviously it's a prospect. We're going to say it about everybody, but there's just something about the way he pitches and how young he is. You mentioned Collier's age, like he was shot pretty young too. And as we kind of made this transition as well, uh, we did get a really good question here in the chat. Kind of curious your thoughts. If Doug had to pick someone 15 to 25 range to make a major league impact, big league all-star caliber, who would it be? I have one that you can totally just destroy me if you disagree with, but I want to get yours first. Okay. I, you know, I think there's, there's several guys in there that have that upside. They could be uh, an all-star in that 15 to 25 range. I'll just say this. I, I love watching Carlos Jorge. Um, he's, um, let me look real quick. I think that he's, he's either the youngest or the second youngest guy in that range on the list. Uh, he spent all of last year playing out in Arizona. So, you know, he's going to make his, his full season debut this year, but you know, he can hit, he's got power. He's a little bit undersized, so he's not going to hit for a ton of power probably, but I, I think he can hit 20 home runs. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, he led the league in stolen bases last year. He's a plus runner. I, I just really, I really like his game. Um, and you know, he's a second baseman. I, I think that that's a position that also gives you a little bit of, you know, favor just because, it's not as deep as a position to shortstop or second base. I mean, and everything can change in, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. We don't really know how that's going to play out, but, you know, you know, I think it's probably an easier position to be named an all-star at than shortstop or third base, at least based on how things have gone the last couple of years. And just the expectations that, especially at shortstop that you're supposed to hit for now. Yeah, I agree. Um, I went with Jay Allen. I, I love his upside. I love his athleticism. I feel like as far as like, he kind of, you know, I know his hitting was up and down last year, but 
you know, he is a three sport athlete. He's really, really fast. Obviously it plays a part for him, but uh, this is a guy last year who stole 30, like 40 bases in the minors. What was it actually total? Sorry. It was, yeah, 43 bases between his two levels he played. Um, I think he could be a big part of the big league club. Obviously you want to see the strikeouts cut down where he's striking out like 27% of the time. It's not ideal. Uh, but I, I'm really, I really like Jay Allen. I think that like, if he can kind of, you know, hearsay, if he can consistently hit the ball, he has a shot, which is such baseball, obvious, you know, conversation. All right. So here's where I yell at you. Okay. Because the question was 15 to 25 and Jay Allen's 13. Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yes. yes. So I, I didn't even consider Jay Allen because he, he wasn't, he wasn't eligible for the question. Um, but I'll, I'll say this, this, this is the one thing I want to see from Jay Allen more than anything this year. I want to see more consistent power. I, he hit three home runs last year and two of them came in April. Oh, so he hit wow. one home run in the final four months of the season. Um, he's got power potential. I, I would just like to see him tap into it a little bit more. That, that's what, that's what I'm looking for this year. I think that if he taps into the power a little bit more then the rest of the hitting numbers are going to follow. I like that. Yeah. I think that's a good point. So we do have a couple more prospect questions I want to get to. This has kind of filled up our thing here. Um, first off, actually, what pizza did Doug make today? It's not a prospect question, but. So I didn't make any pizza today. I made two pizzas yesterday. Um, the first one was not for me. It was cheese, pepperoni, mushrooms, bacon. Ooh, my, like my, mine was just ham and pepperoni. Mine was better. <laughs> I like Not that it. I have any problem with bacon or mushrooms, but mine just it 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 cooked better. When you're cooking with like actual fire, like it's, it, I don't want to say hit or miss because I mean they're all I mean as long as you don't burn it, then you're fine. But there there is a difference where 20 seconds longer or not long enough in there can really change whether the pizza is, you know, a seven or a ten. Interesting. I'll keep yeah. that in mind because I just make mine like in an air fryer now. My wife's obsessed with our air fryer. So we got one of those like big oven size ones. It's kind of cool. I like it. Um, Mr. Juan asked this earlier in the show, but I wanted to get to it because of the what Christian or Cardassian strands doing this spring. Um, he asked, why is he not a top 100 prospect if he has 40 home run power? So I am not sure that I necessarily agree with the general scouting idea behind this, but um for the most part, scouts don't think he's going to hit for much average, despite the fact that he's hit 300 plus just about everywhere he's ever been since he started playing in college. Uh, you know, <laughs> it just is, you know, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. But, you know, I think that everywhere I looked, it gave out like actual scouting grades for his hit tool, put him at a 40, which in today's game, a 40 hit tool means you're going to be a 240 hitter. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can be a very productive hitter hitting 240. Kyle but I, I, I think that when you combine that he's a quote-unquote 40 hitter, along with the fact that for the most part, a lot of people think he's going to be at first base, uh, that really diminishes your your value. Now, I'll say this much. I think he can play third base. Um, if people only saw him play in the first half last year, I can completely understand the idea that, hey, he's a first baseman. Uh, his his fielding percentage was under 900 in the first half. He got a four or five game break in mid June, and when he came back, uh, his fielding percentage was like 970. After he got traded to the Reds, he didn't make a single error at third base. Uh, he he made it. I don't I don't even know exactly what the defensive improvement he made was, but after that four day break, he stopped making errors at third base. Um, 
And so, you know, I, I, he's, I think he's athletic enough to play at third base. So I probably have him rated higher than most other places do. Um, if you are a scout who thinks he's going to be a 240 hitter, maybe he's a fringe top 100 prospect. Um, you know, that's – here's the thing with, you know, the top 100 list. The difference between a guy ranked 75th and 150th is nothing. Yeah, it's all I, about it's, it's all about how you're feeling that specific day. You gotta you gotta remember when you look at the top 100 list, it feels like the guy ranked 90th. I just hit my computer, so that was weird. <laughs> um, you know, the guy ranked 90th and the guy ranked 50th. Like you feel like there's a huge gap there. But when you remember, there's 5,000, 6,000 eligible people for that list. The difference is very very small. Um, and so you know I. I can understand why people could look at it and be like, Oh, well, you know, they're disrespecting this guy for putting him here or not putting this guy there. But I always say, look at the information that's below the name or next to the name rather than number next to it. Cause that's, what's important. That's what's telling you what kind of player people expect this guy to be, how you rank them. That's just more of a, I prefer this over that. Makes sense. Um, for the record, I think that Christian Encarnacion's trans is going to hit more than two forty. I'm not yeah. sure how much higher, but I, I I think he's a better hitter than 240 in the long run. Maybe maybe not as a rookie. I, I think that he does need to tighten up his uh his his swing zone a little bit more than it is right now. I think he does have a few struggles. Uh, you know, he there's there's areas you can attack him right now and get him out. And I big league pitchers are going to be able to do that. He's going to have to make the adjustment, but just about everybody has to make the adjustment at some point. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I, I, it's not something I'm trying to you know say that, you know, he has to do it and nobody else does. Pretty much everybody does. Um, but I, I think that eventually he'll he'll make that adjustment and, you know, he'll he'll be more than a 240 hitter in my opinion. So I got two more questions before we move to our next topic. Uh, this is from um, Pat McGooch. I'm, wow, I can't believe I just said that on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> Hector Rodriguez seems to have a good hit tool and can play center. Could you see him move up your list? Yes, but just as a note on Hector Rodriguez, he had a pretty bad leg injury last year uh, in the, the final month of the season. He's probably not going to play until mid-season this year. So we're, we're not really going to get too much of a chance to see him out of the gate. He'll probably be back in Arizona probably till at least June. Um, you know, he, 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 he had a long road to recovery after uh, leg surgery last year. So, you know, don't, don't expect to see him at the start of the year. I, I like the hit tool. He's very fast. I, I wonder just about the power. Um, you know, if, if you don't hit 10 home runs in the big leagues, it's really tough to be an everyday player. Um, so that, that's really the area where I'm kind of like, eh, I'm not so sure. It, it's one of the same reasons that a guy like Michael Ciani never really climbed into the top 10, despite the fact that he's an elite defender and he can steal 50 bases. It's just a, how much, could the bat really do? Was, was the bat going to be enough for him to be an everyday player? And it, it's the same question with a guy like Hector Rodriguez. Um, I, I'd be very surprised if he ever were a top 10 prospect just because there's always going to be that questions about, can he actually hit enough? Can he keep big league pitchers honest enough? And I think that's a question you're probably not going to know until he gets there. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And then Clay, who asked a question earlier, said, what is your opinion on leaving these young guys in the minors so you can control them longer? I think we've had two in two recent memories where we've had like proof that like they're willing if they feel like a guy can contribute, but you so, know, Indian leak, obviously. I you know, Hunter Green and Nicodolo last year, yeah. Jonathan India, Jose Barrero, 
Tyler Stevenson. Like the Reds have not been a team that has done that, at least in recent memory. You know, I, I do think that they did it with Nick Senzel, and I think that sucks. I don't like when teams do that. Um, they can claim all they want that they don't do it. They know they do it. We know they do. Everybody knows they do it. They just can't say it out loud. If they say it out loud, then they're violating labor laws and contractual things, and that's bad. So they're never gonna they're never gonna come out and admit it, but they do do it. Um, but I I don't think that the Reds. I mean, you know, you can understand why they wouldn't do it with Tyler Stevenson back in, you know, I don't know, was it twenty twenty one or twenty? I don't know. I can't. Twenty twenty was like he came up during the COVID season. Yeah, and you know, but last year the Reds went into the season with. I mean, let's be real. They didn't expect to win. There was no expectations that the 2022 Reds were going to compete. And yeah, there were some injuries in the rotation. The Reds had limited options. They could have run anybody out there to be starting pitchers for a couple of weeks and seen what happens. But they let Nick Lodolo go out there. They let Hunter Green go out there. And they could have played those stupid games with them. And yeah, they're pitchers, and pitchers aren't quite the same as hitters because, I mean, unfortunately, pitchers, they hurt their arms. And so you don't really know how this is all going to play out. You want to maybe you want to get quote unquote the bullets out of their arm while they've still got them. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that the Reds have shown in the last couple of years that they're they're willing to call guys up when they feel like they're ready. You know, I mean, Jonathan India hadn't played in AAA. Yeah, and they're like, hey, you know, he's ready. We're doing it. I mean, Jonathan India wasn't even in big league camp to start that year. You're right. He, yeah. They invited him to big league camp like mid-March after he had performed well on the backfields and in a handful of games he got called up from the minor leagues to just play in big league games. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think that that's something the Reds are necessarily going to be doing. I, I definitely understand anybody who let's say let's just say Christian and Christian Strand keeps hitting. Yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't make the team. I can see where people can be upset about that. Sure. But but I also can see the legitimate argument that, hey. If he doesn't make the team, you know, and and especially if Joey Votto is going to be ready, or if Votto is only going to need you know a short rehab stint in AAA just to kind of get those extra few at bats, then there's no there's not there's not as much playing time for Encarnacion Strand, so it makes sense. It's it's not because oh we want to get that extra year. It's because it's better for his development. Yeah, I agree, um, and I think too one thing we should point out before we move to our next topic. Just because a guy makes the opening day roster doesn't really necessarily mean a whole lot in that circumstance. Like you said, like Christian Carnassian Shrink could make the opening day roster because Joey Votto's not ready. When Joey Votto's ready, where do you think he goes? And if he's not raking, like he's probably going to go back to, you know, Louisville or Chattanooga or whatever it is. Like, I don't know, are they still in the rule where they can't get called up from double A or is that, is that expelled now? Because the COVID stuff's kind of passed through. Um, um, you can get called up from double A. Yeah. But like, you know, you you know what I mean, though, right? Like, you know, just because you know a guy can make the everyday roster and be back in AAA, like when their season starts the next week, it's not just like a set in stone thing by any means. Um, so, all right, here's some fun news, I guess. Todd Frazier will be throwing out the first pitch on opening day. Are you one of the many that's blocked by him on Twitter? Because I am, and I don't know why. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I am. I mean, I I I don't him. I don't necessarily know why. But I know when it happens, so I think I know why. I don't know why you would be blocked um, necessarily, but yeah, when I'm he, awesome. Yeah, exactly. You were awesome. I'm not, but um, yeah, when he got traded, 
Um, he pretty much blocked 90% of the Cincinnati sports media. So I don't know if it was because he didn't want to read bad opinions on himself, which is fine. I get that. Sure. You know, hey, do what you need to do to protect your own mental health. I'm totally fine with that. But it was very weird to see that out of nowhere, everybody in Cincinnati was blocked that had ever written about Todd Frazier or the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. I hope they get Teddy involved somehow in the first pitch. I'm sure they will. Um, Let let Teddy catch it. He's the pride of my high school. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as I get earlier, uh, so with the Reds trivia question, we are here at the point where we can answer it now. And we're going to do a little WBC talk for the U.S. team plays. Uh, so the question was, Joey Votto is one of 12 professional uh, Reds a- athletes to don the cover of Sports Illustrated in a Reds uniform. Who are the other 11? And our good friend Alex Wallace is our winner with Joey J, Claire Carroll, Ray McMillan, Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, Joe Morgan, George Foster, Deion Sanders, Ken Griffey Jr., Tom Seaver, Chris Sabo, T- and Clay Carroll. Um I don't know if any people really remembers the Deion Sanders cover. It's the coolest freaking SI cover ever. <laughs> oh my God. It's awesome. So Doug, you're around my age. Do you remember the SI for kids when they would get like the cutout trading cards that were like in the, in the middle of it? Yeah. There was a, there was a year when Dion was on the cover of SI for kids in a Reds and Dallas Cowboys uniform. And he was all the cards. <laughs> it was awesome. So I'll, I'll be a huge Dion guy. So Alex, uh, thank you. Congratulations. You are the winner of the chase petty Bowman inception rookie auto. Uh, if you could please go ahead and shoot a DM to the riverfront or to me at Tim Daniel five, one, eight with your address. I will get that sent out to you first thing tomorrow. So we can get that in the mail to you as soon as possible. So thank you again. I really appreciate it. Um, so let's talk a little bit of world baseball classic before we wrap up here. So obviously they play the, the U S plays their first game last night against great Britain, uh, against former red Vance Worley starting for great Britain. First off, amazing jerseys. Way to go. Great way to go GB. Um, but I think I noticed the same thing everyone else did, and I'm sure you probably did too, but this is a team that's like, I mean, their lineup is incredible. You got three MVPs at the top talking, of the order. We're talking about Great Britain, right? Being yeah, yeah, Great Britain. Yeah. Clay Thompson's brother hitting yes. homers <laughs> off of Adam Wainwright's 70-mile-an-hour screwball. Um, but, you know, Team USA last night goes Mookie, Mike Trout, and Goldie is their like, top three. Nolan Arenado's hitting cleanup. Jeff McNeil, who won a batting title, sitting ninth in the order. Like the lineup is everything you dream of if you're putting together a fantasy baseball team where you play Diamond Dynasty on MLB the show. But man, that rotation, you're starting to. I, <laughs> so, in your eyes, do you think that the offense is going to be enough to take to cover the def, to cover the pitching to potentially repeat? Or do you feel like the pitching is just going to nip them in the bud? Because I watched all three Japan games and they look awesome. They look really good. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Any given day, man, like, you know, we see, especially like early in spring training, you'll see teams play college, like major league baseball teams face off against college Mm -hmm. teams. Those college guys, I mean, if they had to play 162 game schedule, they'd win like 10 games. If that. Yeah. But if you've got the right pitcher on the right day, it's over. And these guys are all good enough. You know, at least, especially among the, the, the real contenders, they're all good enough to have that day. It doesn't matter who's hitting on the other side. Um, I mean, but if you want to talk about a team that looked really good, how about Venezuela? Oh, my God, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God. But, I mean, I don't know. I, 
I don't, after watching Adam Wainwright, I'm not feeling too great about sending him out there against some of those teams. But I mean, you know, he he's always found a way. He's never been that. I don't want to say ever, but I mean, he's a guy that I feel can get away with 89, 90 miles an hour because that's not really that's not really his real pitch. That's not what he is yeah. known for. It's not what he goes to. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting to see, um, especially as they start to allow starters to go deeper. Yeah, I know. You know that that'll that'll really help when, you know, can you save your bullpen? If let's say you've got you've got games that are you know two days apart, you don't have to worry about your bullpen. But if you've got you know back to back days, maybe certain guys aren't available. But if you can get you know your starter to throw six innings because he's got more more leeway because the pitch count gets longer the further into the, the tournament you go that could really help out too yeah i'm i i definitely have worries especially like you said like venezuela looked awesome that game against the dominican republic yesterday uh chasing alcantara out of the game was unreal and then um you know japan so i just so happened to be up because of my daughter and so when I'm up in the morning and I turn them on like the sixth inning, it's always like they're up nine to one on Australia. And you're like, oh, my God, Otani's like four for five with a double. And you're like, OK, I get it. Um, I feel like Japan might be my pick at this point. But like you said, a lot of tournament to play. So. Yeah, I don't I just I just want Team USA to hire a graphic designer, and give them new jerseys. Those things are God awful. I yeah. I. I don't like them. I mean, they're slightly better than Great Britain, but <laughs> but barely. Basically, like if you speak English as your first language in your country, you've got the worst jerseys in the World Baseball Classic. Like I, they're really bad. They're really bad. I don't like. Yeah, them. not in love with them either. Um, I do love Mark DeRosa. Was like, I'll be the manager. I got to get a goatee now because I'm the manager. <laughs> so props to Mark DeRosa for that. Uh, I like Ken Griffey Jr. as the hitting coach. That's kind of fascinating. You know, hey, anytime I get to see Griffey, that's fine. I'm down. Same. down. Yeah. I don't even, like, you know, even if he's just coaching, I don't care. Cause it brings, it just brings back so many, so many fun memories. My all time favorite player ever. And the happiest day of my childhood might've been the day he was traded to the Reds. I know how <laughs> it ended, but it did. It did great, Tim. It ended great. Yes. I'm but when you're 10 years it. old and your hero gets traded to your favorite baseball team. Yes. It's pretty fascinating. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and wrap this week up. Uh, I'm so happy to have the show back. I'm so happy Doug agreed to be our first guest. Uh, the chat was awesome tonight. I, I wish I could have got to every question. You guys had so many, and it was it was so fun. Uh, so, Doug, thank you so much for hanging out again. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you're not already, which if you're on here, you probably are, make sure you give Riverfront Cincy a follow on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Like I said, if you want to become a Patreon member and hang out with us in the Slack, patreon.com slash Cincy. Don't forget to go to redsminorleagues.com. Support Doug. Become a Patreon member for Doug. Gets really, really good content on the minor league organizations there as well. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Late Reds and follow me on Twitter at TimDaniel518. And then, of course, give Doug a follow at DougDirt24. So this is awesome. Thank you guys so much. Can't wait to do this as the season goes on. And next week, I have it confirmed if already works out as far as his flakes. He's going into Phoenix that day. Our good friend and yours, John Sadak, will be on Late Night Reds. All right, everybody. Have a good one. We'll see you next week.
only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.